Wow. Welcome to New Life. Glad to have you guys here with us. Yes. Is there anybody excited to be at church today? All right, here at the, uh, here in the Kearney campus at the main auditorium, there was at least 12 people. I'm pretty sure that everyone down in the venue that's worshiping with us here as well is excited. And all the incredible people out of North Platte, man, God's doing some great stuff. I want to welcome all those people. Yeah, it's a blast. Glad to have all you guys with us uh, at one time, plus all of you that are watching us online. Um, if you're vacationing or you're away from New Life, then I hope you're having a blast uh, while you're gone. Uh, please, if you're watching us online, get into the chat area and be able to interact with everyone that's there with you. Uh, just to say hello. You can also have some time to be able to share some prayer requests with each other and be connected as a body of believers, even though you're away from the body here at New Life whether it's in North Platte or it's in Kearney. So there's some fantastic things happening. You are here today in one of our four worship services. We are one church in multiple locations. And if you are a guest with us, then thank you so much for coming. We are currently in the middle of a teaching series that we called Core Values. And I've been enjoying this teaching series a lot. I mean, it has, it's been a lot of fun going through this teaching series on core values. We, we looked at week one about how a core value is that seekers find God. And we want to encourage you to be seekers because when you're seeking God, you're finding God. Never stop that. Never stop. Uh, we talked about week number two, saved people find people. That once you come to an understanding of a relationship with Christ, that one of the things that you should be doing is sharing that faith with others. Last week, man, we had a blast talking about our third core value, which was you can't outgive God. Who was here last week? Was it fun? I mean, it was a blast, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, okay, thank you, three people. Appreciate that. It's awesome. I love everybody just kind of leaves you hanging. You know, they're like, well, yeah, it was, yeah, but I'm not saying anything about it, man. You're on your own on that one. Um, I know it's in your heart, right? It's in your heart. But we talked about how you can't outgive God. Today, are you ready for today's core value? Number four of six. Number four of six. Growing people change. That's where we're going today. Growing people change. How many of you guys have a gym membership? Anybody? Let me see you. Come on. Come on. Flex it. Flex it. Flex it. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. There you go. They're like, oh, it hurts because I worked it. Um. All right, so you have a gym membership. How many of you guys are like me and you said in January you were going to get a gym membership, but you never did? Come on, come on, proud people. All right, just me. Okay, um, all of those people are down in the venue, evidently. So here's the, here's the deal, right? I mean, if you had a gym membership and you were paying for it weekly, right, um, and you were going to the gym Monday through Friday, you would experience what I've experienced when I've had gym memberships. You would run into the same people, at the exact same time, day after day. It's kind of like a club. People join at the same time every single day and they show up. You start learning people's names, right? You start learning nicknames for people. Like that's the sweater, that's the grunter, you know, that's the runner. That's the, all that guy ever works is biceps every day. That's all he works. You would learn those kind of things about people. Now, what if you showed up at the gym and there was one guy who showed up every morning that you were there, but he, you never saw him on a treadmill. You never saw him on an elliptical machine. You never saw him even touch a weight. What if a guy actually showed up to the gym every single day, Monday through Friday, and didn't even use the tools in the gym, right? What would you call that guy? Please don't say it out loud. All right. Don't say it out loud. All right. So what would you, you would, I mean, it would be crazy, wouldn't it? 
It would be ludicrous. You'd go, what? Why are you, why are you paying this money to come here? All you do is talk to people and read the paper. That would be, that would be insane. But you realize people come to church Sunday after Sunday and they never apply the teaching of God's word. And therefore they're not changing. It's completely possible to be a part of something called the church, even called Christianity. And it's possible to be a part of something, but not change. It's possible. See, growing people, growing people create plans. That's why they change. Growing people create plans, therefore they change. I mean, it's, it's just written into the DNA of who we are. That as we grow, we want to see change. Think about it. You don't act like you did when you were three years old. Okay, well, maybe some of you. But, but you know, you nudged them, you told them, you already let them know that. But when we were kids, somewhere in growing up in our childhood, we got to a certain age where we looked to the next stage of life. The next stage of life was becoming a teenager. And there was something in every single one of us as a kid that wanted to be a teenager. Teenagers were cool, man. Teenagers got lockers at school. Teenagers might have had like open campus and they could come and go as they wanted to. Teenagers eventually got a driver's license. Teenagers, they had extra freedoms. You know, teenagers were cool. And then you became a teenager and you were experiencing all the changes that came with that adolescence. Your voice started changing and it kept going up and down and all over the place. And you couldn't control certain things. All of a sudden, You've been playing on the playground with all of these girls, throwing dodgeballs at their head. And now you, all of a sudden it's like, where did the girls come from, right? As a teenager. And all the girls are running around, you know, doing all their, all their stuff. And then all of a sudden, where did these boys come from? You have all of those kinds of changes. Plus, you're spending more time looking at yourself in the mirror than you've ever spent in front of the mirror, right? You occupy the bathroom longer than you've ever occupied the bathroom getting ready and you're noticing like things popping out on your face you know body smells that are beginning to happen you're beginning to notice things and somewhere in those teenage years there's a desire for another change called becoming a young adult you guys remember this or for some of you is it too far back I mean are we are we is this a good illustration all right so you became like a young adult, right? Because you wanted to have your own car, not the beater that your parents gave you that you had to slam the door three times to get it to go, right? You wanted your own apartment. You wanted to go off to college, right? You wanted to be able to spend your money the way you wanted to. You wanted to be able to come home when you wanted to come home, not on some curfew. You remember all those kinds of changes? I mean, come on. And now you're 45 years old and you want to become a young adult again. It happens. It's a full circle. It just happens that way. It's written into the very core of who we are, that growing people change. It happens in all kinds of areas. Look at education. Your education pursuit changed you. Some of you have recently maybe attended a, you know, a class reunion, and you went back and you looked at some of those folks you went to school with, and you were like, number one, you don't look anything like you did in high school. And wow, you are way smarter than I remember you. You know, and you've got an incredible position because education changed them. Now, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a plan, change still happens. It just happens in a way you never wanted it to happen. All right? Like, as an example, because you don't have a plan to work out and eat right, my waistline went from 32 to 36. 
I went from 175 to 215. Thank you for allowing me to confess. I feel way better now. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You're, you're applauding my overweightness. I appreciate that. That's, that's amazing. But, I mean, when you don't have a plan, things change as well. They just change in a way you don't want them to. So, your spiritual life is wanting to change. And if you don't have a plan, if you're not intent on growing, it's going to change, all right? It's just not going to change the way you want it to. Because you do realize your spiritual life is like your physical life. Tomorrow doesn't look like today. Every day that goes by, you're getting older, you're going to change. Your spiritual life is going to look different as well. My question to you today is this, what's it going to look like? Is it going to be changing for the better or changing for the worse? Because today, it's not going to be the same tomorrow. It is going to change. It's going one of two directions, towards the cross or away from the cross. Growing people, they change one way or the other. So I want to talk to you today about that core value. What does it really mean? What does it really mean that growing people change? And let's go to scripture and let's take a look at what Jesus had to say in laying the foundation for this whole concept. In Matthew chapter five, Jesus said these words, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Well, what was the, what's the, the words there? Blessed are those who do what? Hunger and what? Thirst. They hunger and they thirst after righteousness, after being godly, after God's character, after God's heart, after God's nature. What's the promise? They will be what? They will be filled. That's exactly right. One of the things you need to know about God is that God, God's eyes, they roam back and forth on the earth, if you will, looking for people that are hungry to grow, thirsty to grow. And when God finds those people, God goes, awesome. And he pours out a blessing upon them called he's filling them. He is literally changing them. And God wants to do that in all kinds of areas of your life. God wants to change your heart. God wants to change the way you love others. God wants to change your mind. God wants to change the way you think. God wants to change your emotions. Your emotions that overreact at certain times and underreact at others. God wants to get a hold of all of those things. That's the interest of God, but God's looking for people that are hungering and thirsting. That's what it means to grow, to hunger and thirst. That if you are spiritually hungering and thirsting after Christ, one of the things that God wants to do is he wants to satisfy you. If you're hungering and thirsting after Jesus, part of the satisfaction of this life should be being filled with the good things of Christ. Take a look at that in, in Psalms 107. It says, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he has done for them. For he does what? Satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with what? Good things. Notice the hunger and the thirst. Jesus uses it in Matthew. The psalmist uses it in the Old Testament. But it's the same basic language. God's looking for people that are hungry for him. Thirsty for him. And then he wants to fill them with what? Good things. Did you realize that everything God does is good? You might feel like you're going through a desert time right now spiritually. But if God's with you, it's good. 
Now, if you led yourself there, it's bad. (laughs) Run quick. When it seems like God's quiet, there could be really great things going on. Great things, good things are not always when you're comfortable physically, when you're comfortable soulishly, or when you're even comfortable spiritually. Good things are happening even when difficult times are among you. Everything that God does in your life is good. Everything. There isn't a single thing that God does that's bad. God's wanting to do even greater good things in your life. And he's looking for people that are desiring to grow, that will become hungry and thirsty for him. And I want, as your pastor, I want you to be people that are experiencing this type of spiritual change in your life. But I can't make you hungry. And I can't make you thirsty. I can lead you to the water's edge, but I can't force you to drink. And I can't force you to be hungry. I can entice you to be hungry. I can encourage it, but I can't mandate it. But here at New Life, there's a few things that we're trying to do, and we're going to hear more about this in this year, 2015, especially in this fall, that we have as a strategy to help propel you along in your spiritual journey, to help perpetuate that growing people actually experience change. Because I know that as you experience spiritual change, it entices your hunger all that much more. So here at New Life, we have four basic stages. Step, walk, run, and give it all. Let's talk about that just for a minute. Step. What we're talking about here is people that need to step over the line of faith. Currently right now at New Life, whether it's in the venue, North Platte, or it's here in our main auditorium, or worshiping with us at our nine o'clock service as well, there are people at New Life that have yet to step over the line of faith. They're here and they're searching God. They're wondering, is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life? Praise God for you. And if you're here, I want you to know something. You're in a safe place. You're in a safe place to ask questions of God, you're in a safe place to get good answers, right? And if you have questions about who Jesus is and you've yet to give your life to him, please, I'm more than happy to help you. But there's a ton of other people here at our church that wanna help you make that step as well. So we wanna help you step out of death into life, out of man's world into God's world and start that journey. So that's where we see this whole spiritual hungering beginning. Spiritual hunger actually begins before we surrender to Jesus because the Holy Spirit's at work drawing people to himself. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Today, some of you are experiencing that. Once you step over the line of faith, now we wanna teach you how to walk, but walk steady. Remember little children, how they, how they start, first learn how to walk? Is it very steady? No, it's a couple of steps, face plant, And you're like, are you okay? And they just get back up. It's a good thing they have soft bones, right? And that they don't have very far to fall. That would be a weird deal if children were born seven feet tall and then they shrunk down to their size because there would be a lot of broken bones. So these little kids, they they wobble, they, they weeble, and they do fall down. And they get right back up and they do it again. We want to teach you in your faith how to walk steady. Be able to put one foot in front of another. That means be able to address spiritual issues. Be able to have an answer for spiritual questions. And as hungry as you might be, we want to come alongside and help that. The next phase, though, would be run. And we, don't, we just want you to run anywhere. Right now we're watching our grandchildren. One of them is three years old. His name is Aiden. Uh, Aiden, at three years old, watch out. Because if he wants to run, you don't know where he's going to run. 
But he gets that look in his eye, right? He's got that fire in his eye. Like you're ready, like, oh, my word, something's getting ready to happen. He could take two steps right into a wall. He just doesn't, I mean, when he runs, he just takes off. He doesn't even know where he's running. Bam, right into a wall. Gets back up, keeps running another direction. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you watched that before. That's not the spiritual running I want you to do. That's damaging to yourself. It's damaging to the world. And we've got a lot of loose cannon Christians that cause a lot of damage to themselves and others. We want to teach you how to run straight in your faith. Straight towards what? To the center of God's will. That's where you find this last category. That's why the cross is inside of a circle. The cross is the center of God's will for your life. And I want you to notice something very strategic about our four stages. It ends with the cross. Oh, it starts with the cross, but it ends with the cross. Because you never stop giving your life at the cross. You never stop seeking Christ at the cross. You never stop in all of your journey laying your life down and saying, Jesus, I need to give up so that you can gain. I need to lay down my life so that you can live greater. I need to become weaker so that you can become stronger. It never stops. So we want to help you with that. You're going to hear more about these things as they keep rolling out. One of the tools we have on mynewlifechurch.com is what I call the navigation survey. It's a simple tool that we created as a staff. It's like 13, 14 questions. If you take that and you seek God while you take it, I'm telling you, it will help you understand which of these four stages are you actually in. That's going to be vital for you. Because this fall, when we roll out the orientation courses for each one of these, class, for each one of these stages, it's gonna, those orientation courses are going to meet you right where you're at spiritually and help move you where you want to go. I don't want you to miss out on that. So the bottom line is this. You have to be hungry. You have to be thirsty yourself. So as your pastor, if we're going to make this core value, not just a nice slogan that sits on a wall someplace, but it's actually going to have life, what do I need you to do? Because there's like seven quick things I need you to do. Are you ready? That's right. This, this sermon has seven points. Next week, no points. All right? That's my, that's actually not a promise. Okay, so seven points this week. Are you ready for it? Here we go. What do I need you to do in light of growing people change? If you're going to be a growing person that changes, I need you to read God's word. These things are not going to blow your mind away. All right? For some of you, you're going to go, that's simple. That's right. It is simple. You know why? Because we can never stop being reminded of how simple it is, but how profound it is. Grow, growing people change when they read God's word. Take a look at what First Peter has to say about it. It says, like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your what? Salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Crave what? Pure Pure spiritual milk. You know what that pure spiritual milk is? It's God's word. And I love how he puts it here. Crave it. But crave the pureness of it. That means don't just crave, you know, some watered down version of it. Don't crave some regurgitated version of it. Such as only hearing God's word and not reading it for yourself. That means you're only hearing a regurgitation of it, like today. That kind of makes preaching a little sick. I apologize. I didn't mean to like put that picture in your mind. But God did say that preaching is like foolishness. But he uses it anyways. So I know God uses today. But I want you to read the pure version. I want you to be hungry for it. I want you to crave it. Have you ever craved anything? 
I mean, come on. Am I the only one that has cravings of food and things like that? Oh, yeah, I got it. I mean, for me, one of my weaknesses is cookies. I mean, like, warm cookies just out of the oven. Come on, somebody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know where you can get good cookies in this town. I could drive you there. We could buy them. We could consume them. You could come to my house, and we could make cookies. My wife won't let me in the kitchen because I make too much of a mess if I try to make cookies. But man, we'll make cookies. I, I could be like 10, 30 at night and I'm just zoned out watching some TV program before I go to sleep. And all of a sudden I get this craving like, I lean over, honey, do we have any cookie dough? <laughs> you, know? you know, I just get that way. If you've ever been pregnant, which sometimes I feel like I am, then you know what cravings are, right? You get, you get the cravings, man, come on. God says to us this, crave his word crave it there should be moments when all of a sudden we're like man i I gotta get i gotta get into the word i I gotta read some of that stuff i gotta i gotta get it inside of me that craving yes so that's what god's saying to us so here's some things we've got some tools here very quickly because i got seven of these things i can't linger on this one long you version you need to get you version on your smartphone if you don't have it get it because you can get like 30-some Bibles, maybe 40 now. Plus, you can get the live feature, and you can have all of our sermon notes for the entire week. That means if God spoke to you, you can go back and read the Scripture. Because you didn't take notes, you have it. You Instantly, I give you all the notes that you need. It's all created for you. You can give online, put prayer requests online. You know, you can... You can share it with others. You can go back and read it later. It's fantastic. You can take notes on it and save it forever. You need version if you have a smartphone. If you don't, that's okay. But I would encourage you to do that because we use it here at New Life. Another great tool that we give you to help some of that hunger, that craving for God's word is a, is a resource that we call Right Now Media. It's a resource that we've purchased at New Life. It's like Netflix for the church. Everybody that's sitting here or that's hearing my voice in any of our locations, you are free to get it. But what you have to do is you got to be invited. So when you came and you visited the church, we sent you an invitation. If you didn't respond to that invitation, then you're not experiencing right now media. If you're here at the church, when we bought it, we sent you an invitation and many of you didn't respond to it. So we've had this thing for about a year now, if not a little bit more. And there's many of you that aren't using this resource If you want this resource that I'm getting ready to talk to you about, it's as simple as taking the contact card, writing your name on it, giving us your email address, and then saying, right now media. Just put right now media on there, and Johnny, our secretary, uh, she'll take care of it. She'll send you an invite, and you can get a hold of it. Here's the reason why. When you go to right now media, you'll be able to click right down here where it says New Life Church. We have our own little link on right now media. When you click that, it's going to take you to the pastoral staff picks. This is material that's out there. It's video-driven material that's built around books that other Christian authors have written that's going to help you grow, and all of those books are based on God's Word. So if there's something specific that you want to study, you can go to Right Now Media, and you can study it as an individual, as a group, as a family, or however you want to do it. Do it with your kids. But let me tell you an example of some of the material we put on here. Um, Francis Chan book, Forgotten God. We selected it. Now, you can go to the libraries and get access to everything. But here's some pieces that we selected. The reason why I selected Forgotten God is it's our next teaching series. And there's a book written about it. So if you want to be ahead of the game, 
go to Pastor's Picks, click that, and start going through it. Here's the whisper, uh, you know, the power of a whisper by Bill Hybels. I love the way he writes, very practical. He's a pastor. It will help you in hearing God's voice. Or John Ortberg on faith. Here's Bill Hybels again on simplifying your life. You know, getting your life honed in so that you're maximizing everything that you need to do with your life. And let me skip a couple, but down here is the, is the stepping, uh, stepping up. Um, we just did this as a men's group. It's fantastic. I'm getting ready to do this material right here with my, with my three son-in-laws and my son, and we're going to use a video conferencing tool that I have. And we're going to link together, and there, two of them are in Omaha, one of them is in uh, North Platte, and my son's moving back here to Kearney. And we're all going to get on our computers, and we're going to have a small group that meets every other Saturday. And I'm going to take these young men through stepping up, because I want my son-in-laws and my son to raise my grandchildren in a way that honors God. I want to help them love their wives in a Christ-centered way. I want to help them raise their kids in a way that love God. I'm a grandfather. I want the next generation to love Jesus. I better be doing something about it. So we're going to use that material. If you'll click that little arrow right there, then you'll see more material, like things by Dave Ramsey, helping to deal with money, like the topic we dealt with last week. Um, here's a couple right here. One by Chip Ingram and George Barna, built around parenting. Do you, you want to be a better godly parent? Then go here and utilize some of these things. It will help you know what God's word says about it. Here's one, his needs, her needs. Right? That one's built on marriage. You want to have a God-centered, Christ-centered, biblical marriage? Go use material like that. You don't have to come into my office. You can sit in the, in the niceness of your own home and go through it together as a couple. You click that button again, and there's even more. There's some things here for young adults. There's some things here for teenagers, like decisions. And then there's, you see the kids' uh, stuff coming up. And if you click that button again, then you'll see the, the rest that's there that Pastor Eric picked that are just all kids-related. All of these things have their foundation and rooted in God's Word. I want you to badly experience the power of God's Word. It's going to change your life. Growing people change by reading God's Word. All right. You got the point? So we're giving you tools. I guarantee you, if you consume God's word, your life's gonna change. Growing people change, crave it. Number two, get baptized in water. Getting baptized in water is making a bold statement to the world that my faith, my faith is in Christ and him alone. And we have a baptism that's coming up and I'll remind you about that here in just a minute. But there's moments in life where you got to be bold, and there's moments in life where you should just keep your big mouth shut and be silent. Christianity, water baptism, is one of those moments where you want to be bold, and you want to get out there, and you want your voice to be heard. Let me give an example of what I mean by being bold at the right time. This, this week, because of the Supreme Court uh, ruling on homosexual marriage, the, uh, the Carney Hub contacted me, and they, they sent me a few questions that they wanted me to answer and I read over their questions, and I refused to answer them because I felt like that those, those questions were, number one, bad questions, and number two, that the answers to those questions were only going to do more harm than good in a moment like this. They were only going to divide instead of, you know, help our community thrive. And so I refused to answer them just as an FYI for you. However, at the same time, I did feel compelled that this was a moment that I needed to seize to be bold. And I was only given a two-hour two window of time from the time of the phone call to the time that the, that the article had to go to press. I didn't have a lot of time. I had other appointments and things that were going on in my personal schedule that didn't allow me to get my, my statement, you know, typed up completely and sent to them in time. It got there a couple of minutes later than what the deadline was. 
I don't think they used it, I don't know, but it's out there for them to use. And I wanted you to know from me, what is the stance of New Life Church and what is the stance of your pastoral staff? This is the statement that I sent to the Carney Hub dealing with this issue. It's a great example for you of what I mean of what it looks like to be bold at times when you need to be bold. Thank you for calling the church today and for offering an opportunity to speak to this national, state, and local issue. It's my desire to be a spiritual leader that points people to the real issues pertaining to God's word. This decision by the Supreme Court doesn't change who God is, what his word says, and how we will operate as a church. We'll still love people right where they are, but we will also refuse to leave people in their current state. We will continue to see marriage as a holy union between one man and one woman. We will preach this, practice this, and promote this. Marriage, though, is just one issue in the middle of many issues that new life will share the truth found in God's word so that others may follow. I want to make this point very clear. New Life Church will continue to be inviting to all people, and we will point people to a life-transforming relationship with Jesus. That's our stance. Whether that ever gets heard by the world or not, that's where we're going to stand. There's a way to be bold without being abrasive. There's a way to be bold without dropping down to play, playground level language. You know, you can be bold and be clear. You can be bold and not be abrasive. There is a way to pull that off. But I want you to please remember, our fight in Christianity is not with things like the government or things like the Supreme Court. Our fight... Our fight has always been, it currently is, and it will forever be, as long as we're on this earth, a fight to help people understand the saving grace of Jesus to a lost world, period. That's our fight. We don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against powers and principalities. And we live in a world that's going to continue to see things like what you just saw happen over and over again. It doesn't have to shake us. It doesn't have to knock us out of the game. Stay focused on our real fight. And that is making sure the world knows that there is a savior of the world. His name is Jesus. And he loves you so much that he gave his life up for you. And he loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. Let's be that kind of a church. So being bold. Now it's your turn to be bold. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, says this about baptism. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. On July 26th, out at Johnson's Lake, during our New Life United, that means all of our locations coming together for one big church picnic, we're going to end that thing with a massive celebration right at the swim area where people are going to get baptized in water and they're going to boldly proclaim that Jesus is their Savior, that Jesus is their Lord, and they're living their life to follow him. If you want to be a part of that bold expression of Christianity, take your contact card, put your name on it, on the back, mark water baptism, turn it in at our welcome centers that are out in our lobbies of all of our locations, and we will make sure that you get on the list and that you get through one of our water baptism classes. It's going to be a massive celebration. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got to keep rolling. Number three, growing people change when they regularly attend church. Think with me about this. If you went home today and you took a saw out and you went to the tree in your front yard, backyard, wherever it is, and you cut off a big limb and it dropped to the ground and it laid there, you would be insane to go back a year from now and expect to see fresh leaves on that thing. 
Because when you cut a limb off of the root of the tree, the limb dies. The same thing happens for you. You cut your life out away from the body of Christ. You begin to decay and change for the worst. Look at what Hebrews chapter 10 has to say about it. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but what? Encourage one another, especially now that the day of his, meaning Jesus' return, is drawing near. Let me tell you something. The return of Jesus is drawing near. It's moments like this that we should be flocking to and interacting with other believers Not seclusively so that we remove ourselves from the world as if we're going to build a shelter. No, because if you take the salt out of the world, then the world isn't salty. You're the salt and the light. Take it to the world. But don't forsake your fellowship with one another. You cut the limb off the tree, it's going to die. You cut yourself out of the body, there's a great chance it's going to decay and die. Number four, growing people change when they confess and they repent. It's an issue of the heart. You just have to maintain this attitude of confession and repentance. It's never going to end for you, by the way. Take a look at what Proverbs has to say about it. In chapter 28, it says that people who conceal their sins will not prosper. Will not. But if they confess and they turn from them, then they will receive what? Mercy. Mercy. Yeah. Let me think about it. If you're a parent here. Right? Or if, you had, if you've had kids and you raised them and you're a grandparent. I want you to think back to you know, your son or your daughter who broke one of your house rules and you caught them and you went to them and you sat them down and you were talking to them about this issue that they knew that they did something that they shouldn't have done. What are you looking for as a parent? Aren't you looking for them to go, I'm, uh, yeah, I did that. Aren't you looking for them to own up and own their actions? And then on the, yeah, amen, right. And then on the backside of that, aren't you looking for them to also have a repentive heart like, I really recognize the pain that my actions have caused, that I'm really, truly sorry? I mean, you could walk into that bedroom, having them sit on that bed, and you're going to scold them, and you're going to make sure that they don't see sunlight until 2020. And if they confess and they repent, all of a sudden you became more lenient than you thought. Because we look for that, and that changes our heart. We want to see it. God's the one that put that there. That came from God's heart. You know what God's looking for in our lives? To make sure that growing people change, he's looking for true confession and true repentance. And when God finds that, then he goes, you're going to receive mercy. You're going to receive grace. But until that, you're not going to prosper. You're not going to change. Because you're not growing. Confession keeps you humble. Repentance makes sure that you grow. Never forget it. That's why we say at New Life, the altars in all three of our locations are for the hungry. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Those who hunger and thirst after God will experience good things. You know one of the good things you're going to experience through confession and repentance? the mercy and the grace of God. Let one of the things that we do at our altars when we kneel down at these things, let one of them, it's just one of many things for the hungry hearts that want to confess and want to repent. You're going to meet Jesus. Growing people confess and repent and their lives are changed. Number five, give financially. 
Now listen, we talked about this last week, the core value of you can't outgive God. So I'm not going to dwell on it long. But 15 households took us up on the challenge as of Friday, close of business. Um, 15 households took us up and they said, we're going on the 90-day tithe challenge with you, Pastor Jeff. Um, we're trusting God and we're going to go for it. And remember, it was a, it's like a money-back guarantee. Like if at the end of the 90 days, you don't feel like it worked for you, you just let us know and we'll refund your money. So, I mean, we're, we believe in God's word so much that that's kind of where we put our money where our mouth is, and we just stepped out on the line. But did you realize that 62 households filled out that interest card and said, we want to explore praying for or seeking a, a desire to put God first in our finances? I'm so excited for you. But I didn't share all of the verses that deal with, with God and money. Jesus said these powerful words in Matthew chapter 6. He said, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both what? God and money. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, your greatest distraction in serving God is another master. And guess what that other master's name is? Money. If this was family feud and you're standing at the table and they go, survey says, you would have gone like Satan, it's Satan, right? Nope. Uh, number one answer, money. Money, Jesus says, is the number one thing that distracts you from becoming all that God wants you to be. So what does Jesus really want? He wants to become your master, your master over everything. But he also wants you to be rooting for and, you know, giving it all. And come to him and say, Jesus, you don't just want 10%. You want it all. It all belongs to you. And when Jesus is the master of all, now growing people start to change. We talked about that topic enough last week. If you want to hear more about it, go on mindyoulifechurch.com and watch last week's sermon. They're all out there. Number six, share Jesus with others. Growing people, they change as they share Jesus with others. The book of Philemon has this to say in verse six. It says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every, oh, here's those words again, every good thing that we have in Christ. He says, I want you to be active at it because when you're active at it, you're gonna experience a fuller understanding of what God's done in you. You're gonna, you're gonna look at God in a new way and you're gonna say, man, God, you are good. See, when you're sharing your faith, the mission of new life is happening in your, in your heart, which is the mission of Christ. Your relationship with Christ is being strengthened. But did you also realize that as you share your faith with others, you're also helping us accomplish the mission God's given new life, which is to strengthen the spiritual journey of others? When you're sharing your faith, you're doing that. And here at New Life, let me just tell you this. You know, if I could stand up here and applaud for 15 minutes, I would clap for 15 minutes for you guys because you're doing a fantastic job at sharing your faith. A fantastic job. As an example, if you take the last three Sundays in June, not counting this one, just the last three, if you compare the last three Sundays in 2015 to the exact same Sundays in 2014, let me give you an example. So this is just a bare bones comparison. Three Sundays to three Sundays a year ago. In 2014, those same three Sundays generated about 663 people attending New Life on a regular basis. That was our average attendance, 663 over those three weeks. You know what it was over the last three weeks of 2015? 
810. That's 147 more people on average attending New Life in the middle of summer. That blows my mind. I'm thoroughly excited about that. Why? Because it's pointing to a number of key things. One, you are changing because you're sharing your faith and people are coming. Two, the people that are coming are experiencing Jesus and they're changing. And three, we're a part of growing God's kingdom. So get ready because this church is only going to get larger. And you're on a good team if you want this church to get larger. Because you're, Jesus wants the church to expand and Christ-centered people want the church to expand. There's really only one person who wants the church to stay small and boldless. His name is Satan. I don't want to be on that team. Satan wants the church to be powerless, boldless, and weak. God wants his church to be powerful, strong, and changing lives. That's why in two weeks from now, I'm going to talk about if we're going to continue to become larger, we better have a good game plan for becoming smaller at the same time. And we're going to talk about the last core value. We are better together. And we're going to highlight life groups. Because without life groups, you can, you can grow in size, but you aren't growing people. So I want to help you understand what the game plan is so that we can become the church God wants us to be. Number seven, serving the church. This one's pretty straightforward and simple. Take a look at what 1 Peter has to say. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Bottom line. Every single one of you has been given a gift. Every single one of you is expected to share that gift. If you're not sharing your gift in your local church, then you're robbing the local church. And let me be as bold to say this, that if you're a member here at New Life and you're not serving, then you've broken your contract. We literally should go in to all of our records and take every single member that says, I'm a member here that went through our membership course that's not serving and take your record and mark inactive on it because you broke your contract. I need you to know today, everybody has a place to serve. And the expectation is not just my expectation, it's the expectation of Christ. That growing people change when they serve in the local church. You can at least give us an hour a month. And if you can give an hour a month, we got a great place for you. So here's the good news. Next week, guess what the core value is? Everybody has a gift to share. So next week, we get a chance to talk about this topic, and we're going to roll out opportunities for you to serve and to be a part. Listen, it's a joy to serve at a church that's growing and expanding. It's a joy to serve at a church where people are coming to know Jesus. Last week, we talked about how you can't outgive God. Guess what happened? People actually gave their life to Jesus. Two people got saved last week. All we talked about was money. People are finding Jesus. You want to be a part of a church like that. So here's what we're going to win if we work on this one singular core value together that growing people change. We're going to win a church that constantly sees people changing. I want to be a pastor of a church like that. I want to be a pastor of a church where people come and they, they email me, they text me, they call me, you know, they walk through the doors. They're like, you're not going to believe what God did in my life this week. You want to be a part of a life group like that where people walk in the door and they're going, man, I got to share this scripture with you. God did something radical in my life. When people are changing, it is a blast because people are finding Jesus. 
You know what else we're going to win? A growing church. But check this out. Not just growing in numbers. A growing and a life-giving church. Life-giving. You got to keep that piece in there. It's about life through Christ. Not life just being at new life. About life in Christ. And we're going to be faithful to keep pointing people like I wrote in that you know, that little part for the Carney Hub. We're going to keep pointing people back to a life-transforming relationship with Jesus. But let me tell you another thing we're going to win. If growing people continue to change, we're going to, we're going to ha- win a church that's deeply rooted in God's word, deeply rooted in Christ, that when the storms of our culture come, and they're going to continue to come, this church will stand firm. You as the church and as God's believers, you will stand firm in the midst of cultural shifts. And I want to see that for you. Last but not least, here's what we'll win. We'll win a church that is alive generations from now. When our grandchildren are running the church, we'll still have a church that's thriving and that's alive, standing firm on biblical principles and preaching the truth of Jesus Christ. That's what we win if growing people keep changing into the image and the likeness of Christ. When you don't have a plan and you change into that other image and likeness of man in this world, we're not gonna win any of those things. Let's be a church of growing people that actually change. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we live in interesting times. But one thing is true, no matter what season that this world is in, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, your word was true generations ago. It's still true today, every word of it. And it's going to be true when our grandchildren lead this church. So Lord, may we be a generation right now that seeks Jesus more than we seek anything else. May we be a generation that brings our lives to the grinding stone. And we say, God, we just want to grow We want to become more like you. Change us into your image and likeness, God. Change us into a a thought process that thinks like you, that loves like you, that behaves more like you. Change us. Lord, our world needs solid Christians. People that truly know Jesus and love like Jesus did. We need bold believers, but not abrasive believers. We need bold believers and deep believers. We need bold believers and we need biblically literate believers. That's what's going to keep our roots deep. May we not forget the basics in the pursuit of knowing the Almighty God. May we run back to these principles so that our lives don't look the same tomorrow or a year from now. Thank you for what you have done and what you are doing. And we believe you for the change that you want to bring in each of every one of our futures. We surrender our lives to you. We surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen.